Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm and Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Love Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to The Change Agent's Dilemma for Monday, July 29th, 2013. I'm your host, Heather Stegel, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, as I do once a month on Blog Talk Radio. This show is one of the many ways I help equip individuals and teams to lead organizational change at Enclaria. The Change Agent's Dilemma is how to influence change without authority, and my goal with this show is to share ideas and stories to help you do just that. Today, my guest is Tanya Cornelius, who will share the story of how she and her team implemented a customized change management approach at ESPN. Tanya is the Vice President of Learning and Organizational Development at ESPN, where she serves as an integral member of the Senior Human Resources Leadership Team. She is responsible for the global learning, talent management, and organizational development strategies for ESPN employees around the world. Prior to joining ESPN, Tanya served as the Director of Executive Development and Organizational Development at Turner Broadcasting System. She began her career as an educator in various school systems. Tanya earned her Ph.D. in Adult Education and HR and Organizational Development from the University of Georgia. She was recognized as one of the Cable Facts 2012 Most Influential Minorities in Cable and one of the National Diversity Council's 2012 Most Powerful and Influential Women Leaders in Connecticut. Most recently, she was profiled in the March 2013 edition of CLO Magazine, that's Chief Learning Officer Magazine. Tanya, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Heather. I'm I'm happy to be here. So what prompted you to want to implement a change management approach at ESPN? Uh, I would say I didn't have much of a a choice there. Uh, You see change happening all around and how it's impacting our business. So what I mean by that all around, certainly I don't think any um, organization has uh, gone unscathed with the economic market and just kind of the landscape uh, of our economy. But it's also uh, more close to home for ESPN of of our sports fans and how our sports fans want to consume sports and the increased competition in our in our space uh, for other organizations, media outlets that want to um, increase uh, their their foothold in uh, the sports arena, and then just emerging technologies overall. So we have a lot of um, internal and external forces that are imposing change, and um, so it, it was important to me as you know as a leader in my space and a leader within ESPN to make sure that I equipped our leaders to to be more effective in how we lead and manage change. Uh, you know, let me just add this, Heather, is that the great thing, or you could say it's a, it's a, ca- a little bit of a catch-22. ESPN is, 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 you know, I have found it in my almost four years of being here as being one of uh, a very fast-moving company, embraces change, um, has actually been very effective at executing change. So I had to um, really look at why is it important to implement a change management approach in a company that 
seemingly already does this quite successfully. So I guess the question more is what did I hope to fix or improve or enhance by implementing a change approach? And I guess, you know, it boiled down to any any change effort you are, uh, there's disruption. You know, just a change effort causes a certain amount of disruption. And I wanted to be able to um, minimize or mitigate uh, as much of that disruption as possible. So, you know, better coordinated change, better managed change, what I believed would help us to to mitigate that. So I, I would say that I decided to implement a change management approach that basically aligned with the culture of ESPN and embed what I feel is a repeatable process or a repeatable practice that just allows us to be more effective um, and more efficient. So that's that was kind of the impetus for the change management approach. Okay, great. So what are some of the elements of the change management approach that you developed, or and, and how did you develop it? Uh, I would say, you know, first of all, we take a holistic approach to um, a holistic perspective of how, how we wanted to um, implement this uh, change management uh, approach. We see it as a continuum. Certainly, we researched a lot of methodologies, a lot of the kind of staple, you know, um, practices or change management models that are out there. But we had to find something that included all of those elements, planning, execution, the, the transition after the change has been implemented. We had to find something that embraced all of that, but we had to do it in a way that fit our culture. And so we streamlined and simplified the approach um, and identified four phases of it. And we call our change approach um, pre-game, huddle, snap, and score. So you can imagine we're in ESPN. Um, it's a collegial environment uh, where uh, teaming and sports are pervasive. So we had to speak the language that the business would recognize and adopt. And so we decided on those um, four uh, those four phases. Certainly, we have all of the same elements um, inside of those. So in pregame, sometimes it is just the conversation that starts the change process, recognizing how we can do something better or what opportunities are coming our way that we need to prepare for and lead and manage. So understanding our stakeholders, understanding what we need to learn as an organization and how our processes might need to adapt. All of that kind of conversations and things happens in, in pregame and uh, huddle. And then in SNAP, that's where the execution begins, just as in a game. Um, the, you know, score where we're managing the, the implementation of it, and then certainly score is the completion of those plans and really monitoring the transition of the, the process. And I would say by far that is the longest of all of the phases and because um, it really involves the adoption and the sustainability of the change um, effort. So how did we develop that? Certainly we talked to a lot of our leaders. Um, we took advantage of our employee engagement survey. We learned a lot in that way. And we just believed that we had to identify something that was um, reflective of ESPN's highly pragmatic culture. 
um, because a, a process, you know, full of the theory and, and the usual jargon just would not have worked here. And at the end of the day, we want it to be a process that feels very natural to leaders so that they take it on and actually truly become change leaders um, themselves. Okay. Something, so obviously the pregame huddle, snap, and score is a sports metaphor. So yes. I'm curious about that choice and and you know it seems like ESPN is one place where sports metaphors actually would work. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wanted to talk a little bit about and ask you about that and um is that something that fits and it's not um, cliche or or right. You know how is that how is that accepted in the culture? I I think it's been accepted really well. Um, again, we could come with, you know, the eight different steps to change. And, and inside of the, the process itself, there are actually, I would say, in total, um, 14 steps, you know, um, embedded in those four phases. We, again, they have the same kind of um, underneath those those four phases, uh, they have the same common things that you'd look to find. What is the vision? What is, um, what is the, you know, what are we hoping to change? How will this, what is the burning platform? All these things that we are as, you know, OD leaders, change leaders, um, change practitioners are very, very familiar with. But what I wanted to do, again, is, you know, translate this in, in a metaphor, if you will, that our business would would understand readily that something sure. you didn't necessarily have to do this long drawn out education plan around, although we have um, that in, embedded in our strategy and and how uh, we're going to get fuller adoption across it. But we we really wanted to have the language that our leaders um, speak and that they could relate to it easily. So in pregame, you're really creating the game plan. You're understanding what's what's up, what are we approaching, what's, um, what are some of the factors involved, and um, what, how should we think about it, who are the people that need to be involved in this. And in, in the huddle, that's where you really are managing all of your players. What, who's the sponsor? Um, what's the change team need to look like? Are there external parties that we need to get involved that are going to help us? What is the learning? Um, what are the behavioral changes that are needed? How do we begin to plan for that? So that's the, the planning side. And then executing is the snap. You know, So you, you snap the ball in this case, and you, you're off and running, and you're still having to manage because now people are in motion. And you're having to manage that in a way that is um, – you know, uh, coordinated, uh, you're identifying where you might need to course correct or so forth, and then score is, okay, the change is complete. And I'll, I'll give some specific examples, but the change is complete. Now what? And we know that that is where the transition happens, where people are dealing with the human side of change. They have a new world in front of them, new opportunities in front of them, new behaviors that they have to be able to sustain, and it just made perfect sense for our culture, and it's it's actually been received very well with our leaders. Great. So, how did you roll it out? Well, I you know, 
I would say, you know, I, I use this approach, uh, I, I say this a lot, you know, that uh, probably a little bit of a stealth approach to the rollout um, in in that, you know, I, I believe one of the, so to answer your question in short form, um, we rolled it out, we've, roll, we've been rolling it out fairly slowly and deliberately so. Um, there's something that I read a long time ago that has helped me, helped influence how I lead change or lead the education of change um, in a business. And it says something like this. It says, you know, uh, you need to pace change by operating at but not beyond the organization's capacity to learn. So how do you pace um you know, the adoption of a change approach, the language and the tools um, that are needed um, to have a more coordinated, more repeatable practice that is going to be adopted by the business. You have to do it in a way where it doesn't feel like they've just been hit over the head with something that through a compliance way they have to go implement this. But it, it's natural. And so we started this journey, I would say, now over a year ago. Um, we started with having conversations with our leaders. I wanted to get a sense of how they even thought about change management, which actually was very mixed reviews. Uh, people felt like, um, you know, we do change all the time. We're actually pretty successful with it, and you couldn't argue that. So th there was this varying degrees of uh, feeling that it was necessary to formalize a change process. Um, but we had also leaders that felt like, yeah, we do change, but at what cost to our people? What is the disruption like? And that is the sweet spot. And so it wasn't trying to negate the success of change. It was actually trying to minimize the disruption to our business and to our people. So those conversations actually um, proved very helpful. I wanted to know how they even defined change and change leadership and change management and how they saw their, their role in that, how effective they thought ESPN um, was or is or ineffective we are at leading and managing change. So through those conversations, we, we learned a lot. We took advantage of um, we have an a employee engagement survey every two years, so we had our larger survey in, in 2012. We added questions to that survey um, to get employees' perspective of how they uh, felt their leaders um, led and managed change, how leaders communicate during times of, of change, and that actually helped us put a lot of things together. Um, we know we have a lot of um, very smart uh, people here, you know, Ivy educated, some of the best schools uh, represented here, but we also know that they like it very um, simple, very pragmatic. And so we're still in the early stages of, of rolling it out, um, but we, we continue to be optimistic about when we are rolling it out. We have, um, I just thought of this, Heather, so I, I pardon for the long, long answer here, but um, we have an annual leadership conference, and it's really for uh, our most senior leaders, I would say vice president level and above, uh, where uh, in in March, and it happens every year in March, and this past March when we knew that we were going to be rolling this out, we actually um, designed the entire leadership conference around one of our leadership competencies, which is Champions Change. And that gave us a great platform to introduce 
the pregame huddle, snap, and score model to the change approach, and then use real-life um, case studies, real-life things that were going on in the business where they could actually see how, how it related and how it could be used. Um, so I, I think um, that is, has proven to be helpful. Um, currently, it is a service that our, uh, we provide um, from our OD uh, side of the house, and so it's project-based, it's um, request-based, it's consultative-based. Um, when there is a change um, effort that leaders are grappling with, they, um, we are actually brought in to work alongside them, and now we're they're watching us implement the, pre you know, the four phases and the tools associated with that. And that in and of itself is part of our education strategy um, with them, and so, I believe that that is um, why 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 this will stick. I think if we had just rolled out uh, change management education or change leadership education and, and embedded it in one of our leadership development programs, absent uh, a real life project that leaders are grappling with or working on, I believe it would have been an education. But um, it, I don't know that it would stick or have the the okay. possibility of sticking. So. Um, we know adult learners, they apply what they need when they need it, and that's kind of been our approach for the rollout. Okay, great. So really proving the concept on a project basis and then yes. and maintaining consistency as your team goes to each different project. Yeah, exactly. Is your way I, to do it. Yeah, yeah I see, I, exactly. And I think that that is, um, you know, so it's a slower adoption. Uh, it is by by uh, we certainly have a, an education strategy where um, you know our HR business partners will go through uh, certification. The rest of our learning and OD team uh, are going through certification, and then you know it be the goal is that it becomes more pervasive um, throughout. We're applying it. Our business is always under change, uh, you know. And so we're applying it where we see the needs um, for it and uh, giving people a real-life real exposure to it. Great. So what types of projects are you using this approach on? Uh, well, one, we, we are quite flexible with it. Um, types of projects um, that we, we see is opportunities where we at ESPN are bringing up new businesses, and I'll, I'll give you a specific one in just a minute, but... So we're bringing up new businesses, uh, streamlining other businesses, um, and so we need to bring up a new organization and the teams that will support those new businesses. Or we are reducing our focus on a certain business and shifting resources and people off of those into other areas. For example, I mean, this hits very close to home um, in Atlanta, I, I went to SEC to an SEC school, um, and we are starting. ESPN has a new business venture to start up the SEC network, and so this is um, a, a network that will support all of the the the, um, the um, showing of the sports across all of the SEC's 14 schools. So that takes. Um, you know, that takes building up this organization, um, identifying the resources that are needed. Um, the launch of that is not until 2014, so we have a planning cycle um, where it, it truly is planned change. So that's one way in which we are doing that. 
We also have a number of opportunities for realignment of our business. So we realign organizations to, for whatever reasons, to increase its productivity, um, to increase the synergies or efficiencies that we're trying to gain. Um, one example of that is recently we have done some realignment and, and synergizing between our digital media organization and our technology organization, and, and most specifically with our emerging technologies and um, innovation strategies that are led by our technology um, group. So realigning those and shifting you know, some of our people out of digital media over to technology and vice versa so those teams work um, more closely together. That's one way in which we have found, I would say, process improvement. And this runs, this runs all across our company at any given day. The thing that I most admire about um, our business here at ESPN is, uh, you know, there's, there's, um, there's no sense of complacency. It's always about how do we get better, how do we improve. And so looking for those ways in which we improve uh, a lot of times in our processes and how we are organized is very common. So um, we've had some movement of our business units. We launched um, a couple of years ago, we launched the Longhorn Network, where that is down at supporting the University of Texas in Austin. So, again, setting up operation there, moving people there um, is, you know, a change management uh, effort. We've moved uh, people from from New York to Bristol, uh, and those people come with families. So there is a change management and certainly a human transition um, component that we have to realize. So we are bringing up a digital center, too, which is for us in the cable world is where we're going to have even more studios and even more uh, shows and businesses and uh, the synergy that we have with our our digital center here in Bristol and its connection to Los Angeles. It's just, you know, the pace of change and the movement of how we run our business is going to get, you know, even even better. And I haven't even added in our international component because, <laughs> we, we, you know, we have a, a lot of our business outside of the United States, particularly in Latin America as well. So a lot of change going on. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of projects that you can use this on. So I heard things like uh, organizational changes, or even new startup type opportunities. Yeah. Also process improvements, and I assume there's some kind of system implementations in some of that too, with the digital oh, and technology and. Exactly. Now in our in, in some of our systems. Um, change management, particularly with uh, technology, we do partner with the technology group because they have, um, we're kind of unifying the, their change practices with kind of the, the company-wide effort that we're looking at, and so how do we get on the same page there? But you, you, uh, you're you absolutely right. That's another element of the change. So there's not a lack of work, um, and, <laughs> and it, it was yeah. – Again, Heather, it was kind of looking all around to see what is happening because whether we're instigating that change or responding to the change, we just wanted to make sure we were doing it better and we were doing it uh, with less disruption and we were providing our leaders with the tools um, that they could take and use effectively on their own, so very simple tools to help them think about how to lead that change, how to communicate it, how to monitor it, how to sustain it. Um, that's That was our goal with, with this whole initiative. 
So how will you know that it's working? Uh, well, that's a good thing. I, I'll I'll tell you, you know, uh, in a minute about how we some of our ideas around measuring change, which is always everyone's kind of um, goal to do, to be able to tangibly, quantitatively, and qualitatively measure um, how how change. But how will we know it's working? I, we're already seeing that it's working. So. You know, we're we're currently using it in, in multiple projects. It's changing the way we approach those projects. And when I say we, I mean the business as well as certainly HR and, and our OD and our HR business partners. We now have a common language when we say, hey, let's look at pregame. People would know. They're, you know. So we are seeing that common language really work for us. And I think it's over time, you know, so we're thinking over the next year to year and a half to two years, it will be quite pervasive throughout our culture. Um, we are seeing project leaders, business leaders include the change management intentionally so. So so there's more intentionality around um, explicitly calling out. There's a change management component residing in all of these efforts that we're undertaking. I don't before that was um that was um not consistent. You would see it sometimes, you would not see it in others. And so we're seeing some consistency of thinking about what is the change um management element of what we're trying to do and how should we plan for that. So all of that is encouraging and and the work that I just said around, you know, our uh the SEC network that we're starting on or have started on and will continue until its launch um next uh next year. I, I think we're seeing a, we're seeing it in use and that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see it in use. Not that they know the four steps or that they've seen the toolkit, but we're starting to see it in use. And that tells me it's it's working and our approach was the right approach for at least for this culture. Right. It sounds like people are asking for it. Yeah, I mean, I think people are more cognizant that there is a, a massive amount of change. I mean, when I told you initially when I we would interview our leaders about change, oh, yeah, we do change every day. So it was kind of some of our leaders kind of like, uh, it was just matter of fact. Um, but I, I think what they're, they're seeing, though, is how we plan for change has, Certainly, we get across the finish line either way, but how do we get across that finish line, and what is the disruption that we've caused? And I think people are really realizing that that can take its toll over time, particularly in a space where we are seeing increased competition and um, our fans are, you know, all of these different devices in which our fans consume sports um, content and so forth. So I, I think it's it's given everyone, you know, much more, um, I think change uh, and the management of that change is even more relevant today than it was um, before. And so that's what I'm I'm seeing and that's what I'm encouraged by. Great. So what are one or two lessons that you've learned so far in this implementation? <laughs> We're still learning. Just one or two. <laughs> Maybe, and I think maybe that is the key, you know, to, to continue to learn. But I, I would say there are a few things. A, be patient. Don't try to speed up, you know, too too much. Um, be able to improvise. So embrace uh, flexibility and, and embrace 
um, improvisation, uh, listen to organizational feedback, and fourthly, I would say keep it simple. You know, use the language of the business, use the language that the business understands, and, um, you know, con continue to listen throughout even as you are implementing, and be prepared to course correct. Well, and speaking of that, how much flexibility is there with, you know, you've got these four steps that have 14 different, yes. well, 14 different steps. You know, how, mu how much yeah. do people actually have to do all those things versus being flexible in it? I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question because I didn't touch on this. So, you know, the when I said there's a lot of flexibility involved, we, we, we base, um, projects or change efforts on the level of complexity, you know, whether how many people are involved, uh, what's the priority to the company, what is the cost associated, so forth. And so we have, we scale those projects from, uh, or identify those projects as low, medium, high in terms of complexity. And so we've taken the coordinating steps, 14 steps, and tools associated with those and we've identified whether something is required, recommended, or optional. And certainly the more complex and large scale the change effort is, most of those steps are going to be required. Um, but as you kind of lessen um, the complexity, you, you can find some that are required, some that are recommended, and certainly always have you know, some that you know, are, are fully optional um, to the user. And we also did that because it's also, you know, we don't want to overwhelm people built around their capabilities. So how capable do they feel? Um, some they will be able to take on themselves, and some they may need to call in their HR business partner or their OD partner to actually help them implement um, a phase or a step that they they feel they're not uh, quite um, uh, capable to, to do on their own. So those... You know, I think there's a lot of flexibility um, built in. But as we, again, as we're implementing, we'll learn more and we'll see, you know, how we need to even change that. Yeah. You can change yourself and change the change management approach. Yeah. <laughs> there's so much change going on. <laughs> so, so much change, but, you know, it's exciting. You know, it is exciting. And to be able to provide a service to an organization that embraces change and even help them to get even better with it, um, that is the reward that I feel of the service that we are um, providing. Great. Well, Tanya, thanks so much for being here and for sharing this story. It's been my pleasure. I mean, I this is a topic I love and a challenge that I'm faced with, so thank you for having me, Heather. Sure. And thank you for listening to The Change Agent's Dilemma. If you'd like to be notified of future episodes and other resources to help you influence change in your organization, I invite you to sign up for my monthly newsletter at enclaria.com. Not only will you receive helpful tips, but when you subscribe, you will also receive a free chapter from my change management toolkit, The Irresistible Change Guide. Until next time, take care and best wishes for your change initiative. Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra-strong trash bags, always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. They're our best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. -head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra-strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty.
Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm and Hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. 